What's good, people? Welcome to the Mind Body Hoops podcast. Whether I'm talking to athletes or authors or trainers, doctors, or anyone else, I'm trying to access information that's just not that accessible, and I'm trying to learn with you guys. So whether it's your first time listening or not, I appreciate you. Thank you for joining the journey, and let's find out what makes an expert an expert. Let's find out what makes a top athlete or a top author or a top entrepreneur, what got them there. And I think we'll find that what makes someone great at their craft makes them great internally and as people too. So a big part of what I'm doing here is trying to bridge the gap between what makes a great hooper a great hooper and what makes a great human a great human. I think the lines are blurred there and uh, let's see if my theory holds up. So I appreciate you guys. I hope you guys walk away with some actionable insights. I know I have in interviewing some of these amazing people. And uh, one thing I could offer you is just find that one thing, find that one actionable insight, habit, tactic, perspective that can change your life. One small thing you implement that you take away from this podcast will create huge ripple effects in your life. So I challenge you, I urge you, I invite you, I offer you, find that one thing. And uh, again, I appreciate you guys for joining me on this journey. I'm your host, Max McCoy. And without further ado, welcome to the Mind Body Hoops podcast. Today, I sit down with Separation Team CEO, NBA skills trainer, global skills trainer, Marcus Hodges. Marcus and I had an awesome conversation. We talked about how he reached the level he did in terms of skills training and in business. We talk about the habits he implements. We talk about the way he structures time. We talk about his experiences abroad and his experiences working with NBA players and what that really is like. And we talked about a lot of mentality stuff like dealing with fear or frustration. Um, And this is a wide ranging conversation. I love this one. One of my favorites. I know I say that every time, but truly this was a sick one. Marcus is a really good dude with a really good heart. You could tell that by the way he tells his story and his message. Um, This is something, one of those episodes I learned a ton from, and I hope you guys learn as much as I do from this episode I had with Marcus Hodges. Enjoy. All right, we are recording. Marcus Hodges, thanks for joining me, my man. It's been cool to to watch you from afar, brother. Like I've, I've been seeing your videos and, and I feel like I've become a better player because of that. And, and the way you communicate and the way you break down the game is super digestible, even from across the country. So uh, thanks for taking the time, man. I'm, I'm happy to have you on the podcast. Man, thank you for having me. Man. It means a lot. Thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, let's start off like with where's life at for you right now? You just told me that you kind of are home for a few months and you're catching up and, and you do live this wild lifestyle that to me just seems like incredible. So like, where are you at in your journey right now? You said you were traveling a lot to train. You, you work with people back home. Like take me through kind of what, what life's looking for you right now. Well, to be completely honest, um, I just had a baby. Um, oh six man. Weeks ago. Congrats. Yeah, so no way. I just, had, I just had a baby girl. So it's my second one. Um, Congrats. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm home now for a while. I've been home, um, most of January, February, March, and then I'll leave. I'll leave for uh, for a little bit in April. But um, I'll, I'll head to Israel. I'll head to Israel in April, and then I also head to Miami for about a week um, at the end of April. 
so that's where I am with it now. Right now, I'm just just at home taking care of the baby, and uh, just all my, my my programs that are in state at home are just doing really well, and just tend to all my players at home. So, and, and if someone asks you, like, you're a skills trainer, you've worked with NBA players, is there something that Marcus kind of plants his flag in, and, and something that you consider yourself a special a specialized at or specializing in, but or is it kind of like I'm a wide ranging specialist when it comes to basketball? Is there something that you plant your flag in? Um, I, I would say skill special. I really, I really uh, pay attention to the detail and the skill with, with footwork. Um, just really breaking individual skill down from where that shot mechanics, like I said, the footwork. Um, but I do understand pretty much every aspect of the game. I'm definitely not saying I know it all because I definitely, yeah. as most people still use social media to learn and, <laughs> and to uh, engage with different different people. But um, I would say skill development is what I really specialize in. Do you think the ability to teach your craft so methodically and like broken down? kind of stems back from your ability to play at a high level like learning your craft and teaching your craft did you find some like similarities in there and and maybe what you attribute your ability to like learn the craft so deeply too like was it a work ethic was it a structure was it a discipline like what was it for you it was it was um it was just an understanding of of what type of basketball player I was it I I noticed at a young age I was maybe a little bit different when I would watch players walk in the gym and I would see which hand they were holding a basketball in. I was like, okay, he's, he's left-handed. So I'm probably going to, probably going to have to guard him this way. I didn't know what I was really talking about, you know, when I was like 13, 14 years old. Yeah. And then as I got older, I just started noticing small things where people would shoot the ball from, or, or just me being a point guard and a playmaker where certain players like to receive passes. Um, oh, sorry about that. No, you're we good. good? Yeah. You're okay. Good. Um, so, yeah, I would say that that's why I really just started to notice why I paid attention to detail and, and what type of trainer I possibly could become or, or, or what road I was going to, to come down. Yeah, you, you start from a more detailed approach. I used to do that thing, too, where I would look at people yeah. and see what hand they're dribbling with, and I'd always start forcing them that way. Um, yeah. But you're also a separation team CEO, man, so you, you not only do you know the game so well, but you also built it a business, and I'm sure people can look at you and be like, Man, he like he blew up on Instagram and now it's all gravy from there. It's all easy from there. But I know I, I'm sure it's not like that. Like you're in the weeds, you're working hard. So what kind of like habits do you have, man? What's kind of like a besides when you have a newborn baby here, what's kind of like mm-hmm. a day a day in the life for you? Like like how do you structure your days? How do you make sure you're doing the things that you need to do and and, and working towards what you want to work towards? Because I'm sure it was no accident that that you got to where you are right now. It, it definitely wasn't, man. I'll, I'll tell a short story. It was um, like when I was in college, I always had a, a crazy work ethic. Um, just once again, being 5'9", five, 5'10", five, you know, on a, on, on a good day, um, I always knew I was going to be the smallest guy on the court. So knowing that I had to really excel in different areas, whether that was shooting, you know, being the quickest, being in the best type of shape. So my work ethic, um, for the most part right now is I, I'm actually in a, in a neighborhood, in a community where there's another basketball trainer, a really good guy. And we actually hold ourselves accountable to we have three 6 a.m. workouts um, in the morning before we get to, I guess, real life, our, our own personal time. So wow. we'll go from 6 to 7 a.m. just working out full body every Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Um, and pretty much we just push each other and we have a hundred dollar cash app on the line. If, if we're five minutes late or if we don't show up. You know, we have to uh, pay each other. Whoever doesn't show has to pay each other a hundred dollars. So Damn. that's the a little bit of accountability. And. He's a guy kind of like similar to myself. He he doesn't want to be the one to pay the hundred. I don't want to be the one to pay the hundred. So that 
that definitely motivates us a little bit, but it's it's cool, it's refreshing to to have somebody who's you know who grinds like yourself um, and can also hold you accountable because we all you know as we as we're all human, we all have those days we don't want to wake up or put those extra shots in or whatever it may be, um, and we pretty much hold ourselves accountable. Um, I, I that resonates with me, man. Like I I wish I had someone right there with me doing what I want to do and like that accountability. I've heard it from so many directions. It's so necessary, man. So mm-hmm. what do you say to someone like me that maybe doesn't have that someone that whether you're, you know, whoever you are, if you don't have that someone that's holding you accountable, waking you up, having a hundred dollars on the line, and it seems like no <laughs> one maybe is on your level. What do you recommend people do? Like how do they find that person or that, that community that holds them accountable or, or how do they hold accountability in themselves? I mean, we, we all, we all have phones. We all have, yeah. we all have phones. Um, just put reminders. Like what, what, what's your why? Um, you know, that, that should pretty much drive you every single day. Um, what's your why? My why, I mean, right now it's, it's, it's my family and and two of my daughters. I mean, that's the reason why I I grind. Um, I also love it, but like I said, on those, on those hard days, um, you know, pretty much just my daughters getting up, getting up every single day, grinding for them because I, I saw my dad, um, at, at a young age, I remember waking up, let's say, you know, seven, seven 30, go to school. And I would see or I would hear in my garage, hear like hear an old man always grunting, just uh, uh, uh. and I would walk in the, you know, walk in the garage and it was either him hitting on his heavy bag or him just doing push-ups. And I didn't, you know, I didn't understand at a young, young age what he was doing, but it was just, you know, his his daily grind, his morning grind. My my father's a lawyer, so you can imagine how those hours are. So mm. before everybody woke up, I'm sure that was like around five AM, six AM, he probably would start. You know, he had to have his me time to to just work out. So that, you know, ran pretty much ran its course through my blood also. That's so, super cool how you can yeah. grow up with a, a certain conditioning that like grinding is part of your DNA almost. It's like, oh, you know, you watched it your whole life. So you say yeah. you have your phone, set reminders, make sure you find your why. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep pushing you here. How like I'm, I'm giving you, a, I'm giving everybody a free mentorship session from you. <laughs> so how would you recommend someone find their, like, how would you, help them find their why. Maybe they don't have a family just yet. Maybe they're still figuring mm-hmm. it out. What makes them motivated? What gets them up at 5 a.m.? I think having a, an accountability partner is like the best way to do it. What are some other <laughs> ways to do it and find your why? What would you recommend? Now, now like a 5 a.m., 6 a.m., 7 a.m., you know, it's you have to first start, I guess, to a certain extent, what's comfortable for you. And then you, and then you gradually get into the you know, the 6 a.m., then it could be 5, you know, the Kobe Bryant's, the 4 a.m. But it's just something that, that really doesn't seem like work. You know, like, hey, let's say 11 o'clock, I'm going to, you know, go fishing every single day. Then it could be, hey, 11 o'clock, you know, there's too many people out here fishing right now. I want to go, want to just, you know, get some time to myself to clear my mind. Um, you know, then it could be, you know, 8 o'clock, you know, then early and earlier. Because what I like to say is, you know, at six in the morning, you're, you're kind of about your business. You're not really laughing, joking around. At least I know I'm not. I'm there, you know, for that hour, six or seven. I know I'm going hard. And then I'm, you know, going back to the house about an hour to, 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 to do my baby duties and, you know, to be a father yeah. um, until my next session starts. Um, but I would just say, yeah, whatever, whatever you love and enjoy doing, it shouldn't be like work. Um, just start what's comfortable and then, you know, continue to push yourself in steps. You know, life life's about steps. You don't have to make that huge jump right then and there. But, um, you know, take those baby steps at the beginning. I like that. I like that. And it shouldn't feel like too much work. And if, if it does feel like you're killing yourself every single day, maybe it's the, the wrong passion you're pursuing, but Very true. 
I like how you said you had to be, you had to work so hard to be good at so many different things, being a little undersized at first or being undersized. How would you go about, we talked a little about like daily, like habits and things like that. How would you go about structuring your time? Cause I, I as you can tell, I'm like kind of obsessed with like structure and like habits and, mm-hmm. and, and making things happen over the long term. So you say little progress, little progress. How would you think about it? Like you played at such a high level and you work with people at such a high level. How would you kind of encourage people to take like a, a macro goal of saying like becoming a killer shooter or like having this insane array of handles and, and get to the basket moves? How would you kind of break that down over time for you or your clients or whoever it may be? How do you take a macro goal and kind of break that mm-hmm. down and structure that? I mean, pretty much you just said it. Um, it's it's having a big goal and then seeing exactly how you're going to tackle it. I'll just say like from a house, it's you see a house, man, look at the look at the pool in the backyard, look at the bonus room, the basement. You look at that, you see it and say, okay, where am I going to start? And you, um, I believe Will Smith said this, I'm going to start by laying this one brick as best way possible. So in basketball terms is, you know, I'm going to develop my left hand in and out or my left hand layup best as possible. So I'm going to, I'm going to manage in my, in my hour and 15 minute workout, I'm going to give, I'm going to give eight strong minutes of working on my left hand as long as, as, as hard as I can. Then from that, I'm working on my, my left hand in and out as strong as I can. It's really just the, the baby steps um, of seeing the end goal. And then like we've talked about a little bit, just being consistent with it. We, we all, we all have this huge picture of these things we want in life and we, you know, we'll stick to it for a month, you know, maybe two months max, but then just being consistent. So just having your, your, your smaller goals, consistently structured every single day my i'll just say my monday could is going to usually consist of my 6 a.m workout from six to seven then i know from from seven to eight i'm going to have my my time with my newborn i'm going to feed her you know have a little little, call it tummy time work on her neck muscles that fun stuff then from about eight to about 8 45 i'm going to i'm going to make my breakfast and then from nine from 9 15 my players come in the gym and then 9 30 we're go we're going from 9 30 to about 11 from 9.30 to 11, we're in the gym. I'm focused there. But, you know, we're going to have great communication. We're going to have great conversation from that. But I know around that 11.15, I got to head back home and, you know, be the father and take care of that stuff. And then that's when YouTube clips um, to, and looking into my business, um, some ways that I can I can better myself, work on some online training stuff also right now. And then, you know, 1.30 will hit. I have a 1.30 client from 1.30 to 2.45. Then I have a 3.30. And then, um, what is that? And then I have a long, longer break and then I go from 6.30 to 8. So that's like my Wednesday. But everything has to be structured. I try not to, you know, I give myself that leeway time to talk to parents longer and talk to clients longer. But I do know, like, hey, time is important. We all have to value time. And then at the end of the day, people will understand, like, hey, I, I understand. And not, not I'm a big deal, but, yeah, you're a big deal, too. And you, you need to go back to being with your family. You need to go back to doing this. Something to get to your schoolwork or whatever it may be. So just trying to value time as as much as possible, but I'm still trying to figure it out. I, I, haven't, I haven't done a great job with it. But. It sounds like you've done a good, and it's so valuable for me to hear. And I'm sure for other people, just like for you, that might seem like a total normal day and a normal week. And, and, but hearing how you break down your time and you're, you're so balanced, but also like making big strides and that's no easy load for anybody, but the way you structure mm-hmm. your day is so methodical and making sure that you are reaching that long-term goal. Is there a day of the week that you kind of sit down and, and plan the week ahead or is it, is it a month in advance? Like, um, is there a day, like, is there a reflection day or a day that you kind of take off the brakes and schedule your days 
how do you find that structure? How'd you come up with that? Is it kind of always just changing? Like you just said. Yeah, it's, um, it changed probably about, about two months ago right now. Um, like Friday, Friday's pretty much my off day. I'll have, um, I'll usually take, take my oldest daughter. She usually, she won't go to school on Fridays. Um, so we'll just, you know, go on like a little nature walk. Um, we'll go to a little, you know, jumpy, jumpy trampoline place, whatever it may be. I just totally just try to be a dad as much as possible. Try to, you know, put down my phone as much as possible and just, you know, enjoy, you know, just enjoy life. Um, and then, you know, that Friday night or that Saturday hits, it's, you know, trying to schedule from, from Monday, you know, to, to pretty much Thursday. Yeah. Um, I think that's um, helpful right to hear that, that balance from someone like you. You can talk about that one day. That's a grind. But then you also have those days that your your foot's off the pedal a little bit. So it humanizes you a bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It, uh, like I said, by it's tough, though. It's, it's tough to manage. You know, it's hard to ignore those phone calls and emails. But you got to really understand like what what's important. You're grinding, like you said, for my daughters. So make sure to give them their time, you know, do all that good stuff. So um, what was your why before the family came along? Um, I just wanted to, I honestly wanted to be the best version of myself. I went through, I went through a period. I didn't, I didn't know what I was going to do. I wanted to be a, um, obviously a professional basketball player. Um, but there was one point where, you know, NBA um, didn't look like it was going to happen. And, and, you know, I was still smart to know that was okay. I was like, what am I, what am I going to do from being, a, even a, being a professional athlete doesn't last so long, you know, like especially someone my size, I, I, I knew when I was a realist, um, if I get hurt, you know, I'm sent home. Someone, I'm, I can easily be replaced. Being a five ten guard, you know, one seventy five, you can walk down the road and see about five and six to me. So, just saying, like, what, what was I really going to do long term? Um, so just, you know, just grinding, wanting to be the best version of myself, and whatever happened my way, just always being prepared. So I knew it was going to be something around basketball. I just didn't know at the time. That's a perspective I'm trying to like encourage way more of. And I feel like it's easy for people to get caught up in the, I've talked about this before is like the boss life culture and the, and the mm-hmm. grind everyday culture and reach your goal no matter what, but then not enough people have that perspective and then develop and developing themselves outside the game and outside the court. And I feel like for you, maybe developing your, yourself in many different ways, you took, your, you took basketball as far as it could take you, but because you developed yourself in other ways, you were able to take that back basketball skill and then stack some other skills onto it. So maybe a little business savviness, maybe your ability to communicate all these different things. You had all these different skills that eventually when the time came, you could stack them up and became the person you are today. That's, that's kind of my theory. What kind of things, was there anything that, is there anything that comes to mind when I say like, what'd you do to develop yourself and become the best version of yourself that had nothing to do with basketball? Um, it had nothing to do with basketball. Like, I would say yeah. uh, one thing that popped up late in my career, late in life, was tra- traveling abroad. Mm-hmm. Traveling abroad, being being put in in situations where literally no one can understand you, and just figure, <laughs> figuring, almost figuring yourself out. You know, Dude, it, yeah. it was it was it was scary. It was it was fun. It was um. Damn. And it, it, it was all worth it. You know, like I, I had a guy, a great guy named Leron I, I partnered with in Israel, in Tel Aviv, Israel. And there was there were days where we would we would end around three o'clock and it's right on the beach. It's beautiful. And I would be, you know, I would be um, in the room, you know, being being a loser on YouTube, looking up some stuff. He's like, just go to the beach. And this is like my, my first visit. And I was like, yeah, hey, I'm going to sit here and just handle some stuff back home. He's like, just go to the beach. He literally gave me some shekels. 
which is the, you know, the money over there, and said, just go to the beach all day and see what happens. And I remember, I literally remember like it was yesterday. It was, it was rough. It was, it was so, I was so scared. I had like, I took my GPS out, started where I left, yeah. and tried to see where I was going. So just from like traveling, walking. Um, luckily in Israel, a lot of people do speak English though, but, um, but it was just, it was refreshing just, you know, saying, Hey, where's the ice cream place? Hey, where's the, you know, actually which direction is the beach? Where's the best beach? And just figuring out who I was, even as a person, you know, going, going through life and being on a total opposite end of the world. I'm so stoked that you said that I had one of the most life-changing experiences in my life after graduating from college. And I did a, like a three month travel through Europe by myself mm-hmm. And, oh, man. and wow. it, oh man, like I started with a friend for two weeks and then just dipped off and did my own thing. But man, like if you go into a place and don't know anything, anybody's saying, you don't know any of the location, like everything, you know, is flipped on its head. And all you have left is like, all you know is who you are. And then in that moment, exactly. like you said, it takes some time to be like, who am I then? You know, it takes some yeah, exactly. self-reflection. And then there's a psychologist, Jordan Peterson, who says like, when you put yourself in situations like that, it literally rewires your brain. Like when you put yourself in in places that you've never been and your brain is forced to like pick up the pieces, it literally puts these new connections in your brain. It's just fascinating. So to hear you say that makes me reflect like, yeah, that was one of the most like important self personal development things I've ever been through. You do a lot of those kind of traveling things, man. So how's that been for you? You know, you said you traveled to China a lot or, or wherever mm-hmm. it may be. Is that kind of one of the, the best things about your job is the travel. It's cool, man. I, I, it's, it's definitely a blessing. It's, um, um, you know, at the beginning, at the beginning, it was, it was, like you said, it was rough and I just didn't know what was going on, you know, to a certain extent, all I knew was basketball. Yeah. I knew, I knew a lot of the business, but not the overseas business. Um, and you know, just being a CEO of just, you know, my own company and knowing that, Hey, the on the court stuff's huge, but off the court is, is, is is a big deal also i was just blessed to honestly social media put me in a in a in a stance where i took a huge gamble um a company reached out to me uh 2015 i believe yeah 2015 and wanted me to come and do some camps and i you know i was like you know what i'm I'm gonna try it out and um i went over there and day three i was with Dwayne wade It, it just wow it was yeah i had no clue until the right day right before he was like, yeah, I got um, Dwayne Wade is coming. Um, Udonis Haslam's coming. And you can only imagine what type of situation that was and, and how my marketing, you know, changed instantly once I heard that. I was like, Dwayne Wade, so I already know what crowd's going to be around him, you know, what type of people. So that really just helped out, um, I like you know, that. going overseas and, and being around Dwayne Wade also. Yeah, and you were like you were working hard, but you had to take that gamble and that risk to be put in a situation that maybe took you steps ahead. And yes, I had to take it, and you can only imagine what was going through my head, man. I was really like somebody who I know via social media, so I don't really know him. Yeah. He did buy my flight, he did do all this good stuff, and I was like, what? You know, what if I just get there and he's not there, and I'm just <laughs> stuck? In, this is my it was my first time ever going to China, and I'm hearing all these yeah, rumors China, about man. it. And I was Beijing, and got there, and it was cool. He was there. So they got the flight, you know, the whole guy holding Marcus Hodges, get there. Cool situation. I was with the company with, with Leaning um, over in China, which is a huge, huge basketball uh, brand, and everything worked out. So I had literally, you know, 10 to 15 different companies wanting to do different things with me. I'm glad I got to, you know, sit down with them and talk, you know, talk business, talk my vision, talk their vision, and to school them on the culture, you know, in, in America. And it was, I, I partnered with the company and, been with them pretty much 
since then, and it's been it's been going well. Now I'm, I've got some things going on in Beijing. Now I'm starting to bring them more to America, so I'm giving them more of like the American experience. So it's uh, it's going well. It's it's going to be a long it's going to be long term deal though. Just trying to change some things there, but mm. it's uh, it's, it's definitely fun though. I enjoy it for sure. Yeah, and it sounds like whether it's traveling to Tel Aviv and and feeling like you're lost in the in this this like new area or or going to do a, a, your first camp in China. You had to like act despite feeling that fear and that like that feeling in your stomach. I'm sure you had like a lot of us feel and like just getting super nervous. And I feel like a lot of people feel that and, and think danger and like step away from it. So mm-hmm. like, and, and you've worked with NBA clients, you know, you said this was your first time traveling um, to China and you're doing it solo and you don't know what to expect. I'm sure you're nervous and fearful a little bit. So how do you kind of go about handling fear and what's your relationship with fear? Like, how do you view it when you feel that feeling in your stomach? Does that mean like you're doing something right? Does that mean I'm taking a risk? Well, let's see how it happens. Like what's your, what's your thought process? That's, that's a really good question. Um, it's, it's not to sound cliche. It's kind of just go from your gut. Um, cause I did, you know, I did ignore or, you know, not respond to a couple of measures or and decline a couple of times. Um, and some of it was from that fear and, you know, I, the fear that the fear is the only reason why I can say I turned it down. Um, and then this one time I was like, you know what, let me, let me give it a chance. Let me, let me see what's really going on. Let me see what this really could be about. At the end of the day, you know, my flight's paid for, if it doesn't work out, then I'll just, I'll, you know, I'll come back home. Um, so really just, you know, just taking a risk, you know, we, we trying to, I'm a guy that tries to analyze things and try to go back to basketball. So it's like, do I want to take that last shot where I can at least blame myself or do I want someone else to, you know, make that choice? And I'm looking kind of over at them, like, well, this happened because of them. So I, I really like to, you know, wake up in the morning and say, you know, you're the reason why this happened. I'm not saying just me, but I played the, a, a huge part in that. So, you know, just just go with your gut, um, you know, go with your feelings, you know, pray about it and, and you know, take take the chance. But make sure, you know, you're prepared. Like I stayed working out, um, working out in the morning with basketball, with conditioning. Um, you know, I even I even looked up a little bit of Mandarin, a little Chinese, a uh, little bit just to, you know, prepare for myself for that moment. Um, and, you know, luckily I was at a translator and all that good stuff, but I wanted to show them that I didn't just take the job because of Dwayne Wade or a money situation. Totally. I was like, no, I want to go here to try to help the culture, change the culture. And, you know, just to show you guys what American trainers, American basketball is all about. I love that. that I, I walk away inspired from that. Be like you can get that, that ask and that offer that maybe makes you nervous and fearful that can take you to another level. But if you don't put in the work beforehand, and kind of prepare for that. It's kind of a wasted opportunity or it might not be the opportunity it could be. And like, that's just a good way for me to remember and for other people to how to deal with fear is like, you know, take it as what it is, follow your gut, kind of pray about it, set your intention with it, but also do all the controllable things. So it sounds like, you know, when you had that opportunity, you worked your ass off beforehand to make sure, sure. that you knew what you were talking about in front of Dwayne Wade. Maybe you could speak a couple words in Mandarin <laughs> just in case you got lost or anything like that. So mm-hmm you know, taking the guessing out of it as much as possible and then taking that leap. And then you talked about Will Smith before. And I I have this Will Smith quote in my head now. And he he had this like motivational video saying like so many great things are on the other side of fear and how many good things are on the other side of fear. I got to talk to you about like training NBA players with this sense of fear. Did you have any, what, who was your, maybe your first NBA client? like one-on-one working with them or anything like that. And and did you have that sense of, holy shit, I'm working with an NBA player? Or was it very organic? And by the time you got to that point, it was like, yeah, this is what I do. Yeah, it was, I would, I would say not even go as like 
big time NBA guys, I would say totally was, I feel that. when um I was doing like pre-draft for the first time. And uh um another trainer actually called um called me to help out with some pre-draft stuff and said, Hey, I need you to help out with a couple of days and I'm gonna need a couple of days for you to, you know, be on your own, help with these players. About four or five of them. And um I was just nervous. I I don't, you know, it was, it was my first time. I knew exactly what to expect, but since, you know, we put this label NBA, you know, these guys are, and these guys are a big deal. You know, I just had that sense of nervousness, but it was a sense of nervous also being excited, you know, saying like, wow, I went from a couple of years back, just working myself out, to, you know, working out, you know, young kids. And now I'm here, you know, doing a, 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 a NBA workout uh, with multiple NBA prospects. Um, and then once you get there, you know, just get comfortable. You know, like, like I said earlier, you prepare yourself for these moments. There's that first, you know, maybe five minutes of nervousness and then, you know, home is home, you know, home, home is home. So once you, you know, once, once you get there, get in that element, that sweat gets going, you know, your little, little trash talking, a little bit of motivation goes going on. You're, you know, you're there. So it, it, it didn't last long. Um, and then, you know, building relationships, then it becomes not so much a job. Then it becomes almost like a family to a certain extent. Once you're with these players, you know, for at least, for at least a month at a time, seeing them every single day, you know, you develop that relationship. So, just being able to, like, like I said earlier, prepare yourself. The nervousness is going to be there, and then, um, you know, be, re- be, be pretty much just be ready to tackle it. For sure. Is there anything that surprised you with working with as you grew and, and kept working with NBA players? Was there anything that surprised you about working with them? Well, a couple things that surprised me was just at the end of the day they could shoot. Just how flat out you might see things, see things like, oh, he can't shoot the ball that well. He can't shoot the ball as well. You put them through these workouts, you know, with, with no defense, just with a lot of conditioning type workouts. I mean, these guys just can flat out shoot. And then, of course, <laughs> the first thing as soon as you walk through the door is just the size, the size difference. I was with, um, I went to work out this one player with the Denver Nuggets. I was there for about a week. And it was funny because I seen, I seen um, uh, uh, Nate Rob walk through the door. And, um, you know, he's my height. So. <laughs> He walked through the door. I'm like, okay, you know, cool. So I'm still in this mindset, like I'm back home working my college guys, my middle school guys out. And then two or three of these rookies walked through. Then a guy, Quincy Miller, who's about 6'10", 6'11", walked through. And everybody's Quincy's height. So I'm like, man, these guys are literally, you know, I'm I'm, at, I'm, right, at, I'm right at their chest for the most part. Yeah. And just being like, man, size, you know, size sells, obviously. So just, just really seeing that, like, man, that these guys can flat out shoot. These guys are huge. And then usually... There's a couple of reasons why NBA players get paid a million dollars. A couple of things they do well, and just seeing that with the shooter, like he might not be the best defender, he might not be the you know the highest jumper, but he can shoot the ball. You know, you'll see in the workouts like, man, I see why he's making multiple millions a year. He can flat out shoot the ball, or you know, you got your just all-around guys that just excel at everything. Put them in the weight room, they're throwing up weights. You know, tell them to go get a lob. They're dunking it mid-range. They're hitting the shot consistently. And then, you know, you just got like your Nate Robb, just the guys who just, whatever it takes, they're going to talk trash. They're going to they're gonna test your mental game. They're going to push you no matter what. They're a great teammate. Um, just, you know, just be a bully on the court. Um, yeah. But those are some of the things that I noticed with, with working with high-profile NBA guys. That's cool to hear. Yeah, they're, they're leaps and bounds that I feel like a lot of us, it's easy to forget, like watching the NBA game, be like, make your make your damn free throws. But, like, if, you, yeah. if you're in a room with these guys, you're like, okay, no, you're, like, you're way different than anybody else. <laughs> exactly. And it sounds like some guys, you know, make a living specializing, whether that's shooting threes or, or get, jumping out of the gym and being the athlete or, you know, being that, that hustle, like passion guy, like Nate Robinson. Is there, 
is that something you kind of recommend for people is to, you know, be good at as many things as you can be, but try to specialize in something? Or is that kind of approach that, that can, uh, that can lead to problems? Like, do you specialize or do you recommend people to plant their flag in something as a player? Um, definitely, definitely plant your flag, but still my philosophy is I, I want that flag to be planted in many ways as possible. And I want to help you, you know, through that journey. Whether if you're, uh, you know, a, a ball handler, I still want you to take a lot of pieces from like a, like a Steph Curry or like a Clay Thompson. Like we're going to focus on ball handling. That's, that's your thing. We want that to be your thing. But we want over this, over this month break, over the summer break, we want to add a couple extra flags where, you know, instead of these guys backing off you, you know, you can, you're able to, to knock that shot down more consistently at, at a higher clip. Um, and the guys that aren't in shape, the guys on those borderlines. Um, hey, we need to really work on you being in shape here. Bruiser, you know, you can do all this, but we need you to be in the game an extra six minutes, extra 10 minutes this year. So we're going to focus on still some conditioning, get you eating right, we're pointing in the direction of some of those guys. Um, so th- th- those things also. So just plant as many flags as I can, but still stay limited. Uh, a lot of guys, a lot of trainers I've seen, have, you know, you go to the gym, they just do just a million different things. I'm really not about that. You know, we're going to go to the gym with three, four things max we're going to focus on that week, um, possibly weeks, and we're just going to, you know, just go over and over and over and over again where you see the player like, wow, he couldn't do this last year or last season. I see. I can definitely tell he's been in the gym. You know, this this aspect of the game has been a focus point. You, focus just, point. you just reminded me of a follow-up question I had earlier when we talked about, like, having a broad goal and breaking it down into smaller goals. and. Mm-hmm. It can go for basketball, business, whatever. Like if you want to write a book, you got to take a big goal, break it down. I've always been curious, like having, you know, being young and having all these different goals and is it effective working towards like say six goals, like a little bit every day, or do you recommend say whether it's playing basketball or starting a business, like really honing in, like you said, on one to two things to three things and becoming really good before you move on? Like, in terms of skill stacking, do you recommend mm-hmm. going deep first, you know, getting really good at something or at least getting way more comfortable with something before moving on or kind of making slow progress throughout? I know that this is, there's no like blanket answer to this, but kind of what's your approach to that? Um, I'm, I'm just big on the t- two or three things. Once again, this is just my approach. Totally. Um, just, just trying to focus on two or three things. I respect um, your approach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My approach is just, just two or three different things. Um, you know, while you're in the gym, but it also can be the time frame. you know, with the NBA overseas guys, you know, you're going to be with them for about two months, two and a half months. Cause you know, they need their, they need their recovery. They need their, you know, actually to, they need their vacation time. Um, so I'm big on just two or three. I'm not big on the huge, you know, aspect And I'm the same way with business. Um, when I, I, I was blessed to have the Israel and China thing pop up. I had another ordeal pop up. I said, I'm going to just hone on really the China and Israel learn as much as I can while being there. Hopefully they can learn from me and just try to make those two different pillars as best as I can, see what works, what doesn't work. And then if another area pops up, I know exactly where to, I know exactly where to hone in. I know exactly what mistakes I made that won't happen again. So it can make each process, you know, shorter and shorter. That's what also with the trainers, with training these kids and these players, some things just might not work. It might not work for you. Mm -hmm. You know, it just might not. For another player, it might work for them. So kind of same business-wise, just to see what works, what doesn't work, and then try to cut that time down. Once again, that's the time management now. I see this, worked on it for two weeks, didn't really work. Cut that down, it might not work for him. Um, so next summer, I know, hey, we're going to jump right here, 
cut out two weeks at a time. Now we got, you know, two more weeks to build on something else. I like that you talked about it with that, that China opportunity and saying like, I'm going to go all in on this. Cause had you maybe spread yourself a little more thin, you wouldn't have gave yourself to that opportunity fully and maybe not exactly. took in as much value as you could have. Was it always your goal to, um, to kind of end up working with NBA athletes and to travel with this or, or was it just like, I want to combine what I'm good at in terms of business and basketball and training and, and see where this takes me. Man, it's, I'll, I'll say this and I say this to a lot of my younger clients, just, just being focused on, you know, focused on myself and working on my craft. I, I had no clue all this would happen. I didn't, I didn't even, to be honest, I didn't dream of this. And I would love to talk to Steph Curry. I was able to play against him multiple times when I was younger. I would always want to ask him, honestly, did you dream? Did you really think about you're going to be like, you know, one of the best players in the world? I would really want to know because he's a very humble, he's a very great guy. Um, had a couple conversations with him. But I want to know, did he ever think that? And I'm the same way. I'm not comparing myself to Curry, but I'm the same mindset. I just wanted to be a good trainer, you know, train a lot of players. Of course, I wanted to train NBA players. But, you know, overseas, you know, partnering with, with these big-name companies, I, I never really managed – I, ne- I mean, I never really imagined that happening um, ever. But, you know, I'm, I'm definitely blessed that, that it's happening and hopefully continues to happen over and over. So you, you were just kind of following your joy, it sounds like. And for me, I, that, I, that, like, makes me feel good because some people tell you, you know, have a very specific goal. And then some people just say, you know, follow what you love to do and work hard at it and become the best you can be and hope for the best. And it sounds like that's what you did and connected the dots later. Was it Was it just something that always just made you happy and you just kept going with it? That's that's the most part. Just just following your joy, and it just it always made me happy. It, it really, honestly, didn't seem like work. I remember I remember saying when I first started, if I can just be in the gym all day and just train train athletes, like that would be awesome. You know, fast forward a year or two, however long it was, it's happening. Like this is exactly what I asked for. But yeah. then it, but then it's like, what's what's next? You know, then it's like I want to keep I want to keep grinding. What what? Because you you know you know once you get to a certain certain point, you know other doors are gonna open. You're going to work out somebody. Someone's going to see you. You're going to talk to the right. You're going to talk to the wrong person. And they're just going to be like, hey, do you want to, would you want the opportunity to, you know, be in a commercial? You want the opportunity to, to do this, to do that? And you're just like, wow, basketball, this training, is, you know, is doing this for me. Damn. And it's, it's just incredible, man, just being able to, to have a joy, have a passion over it and seeing how many doors can open. It's cool to hear um, that you had that trust that like a door will open. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, what's your advice to like, uh, there's so many people trying to be skills trainers and, and what's lot, your, there's lot. so many, do you think it's one, do you think it's too, well, I'll just ask you that right off the bat. Do you think it's too saturated now for people just starting out now to become like a Marcus Hodges or, uh, you know, these, these high caliber NBA skills trainers? Like there's only a few of you out there. I'd say five to 10 of you that, you know, really planted as like the guys. And I think you're one of them. And do you think it's it's too late now? Do you think like it's too saturated, or or what would your advice be for those people just starting out? I mean, my voice, my advice would be you know the same same advice that goes on in my head. I mean, if it's a joy, if it's a passion for yourself, I mean, you know, continue to do it. You don't know what's going to happen. It's a it's a new field of business now. Just to be honest, like before, it's it was true. What I say a lot is it was your dad and your uncle. Hey, get out there, shoot yeah, the ball. Yeah, that's how it was for me. No, now it's. <laughs> There's actually there's, there's terminology coming out now. You know, there's there's innovation now coming out. There's Man. there's there's markets. You know, overseas markets. There's there's, there's clubs. Um, so I would say there, it's it's not too late. It's not too late. I'm glad I I started when I when I when I started about six years ago. 
But um, I mean, if you have a passion about it, you know, continue to do it. It's like cars. You know, Toyota is like, hey, Toyota, Honda's out. And now, look, there's a Tesla. You don't know what's going to happen. That's you know, true. That's so true. Happen. So, it's a good perspective. Um, you know, I don't want to stop the next Tesla, whoever it is. You know, go out and chase your joy, and we're going to see what's going to happen. It's going to be crazy in the next five to ten years. So, Dude, the, vol- you know, the game's evolving in such a way because I feel like so many people are, like, studying and teaching and breaking the game down that this next generation, like, who knows what's coming? Like you said, the terminology, like people are saying words and, t- and like explaining moves when I was younger. It was just like, oh, that was cool. You know, like, try that. Mm-hmm. But now it's like just the terminology and the breakdowns have become incredible. Um, How do you make ends meet in the beginning, man? Like I'm sure, you know, you're following your joy. And for people that want to follow their joy, myself included, you know, in the early part of the, the climb, it can be hard to like make like life sustainable still and, and still try to have that hope that a door can open at any time and change your life. But also in the, in the now kind of, how'd you take care of that in the early stages of your journey? Yeah. The early stages, man, like my story is, it's, 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 it's cool. Like I, I worked at Frito-Lay. I, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. I, um, I love it. I was overseas in, in, in London. Um, some things didn't work out well. Um, came home and, you know, at that 23, 23 years old, you know how it is for most, most college guys after they graduate, you're just sitting there like, man, what, what am I going to do? And I was overseas and came home. I had, you know, a couple dollars in my pocket. I was okay. And, um, you know, then I met my dad. I was like, you're not just going to sit here and work out all day. You know, you need to, you need to get a job. And I was like, man, what am I going to do? And, um, so I, so I worked at Frito-Lay, got me a cool job where I would work early in the morning. So, you know, I was my pretty much, my day was over like around 11, uh, 11 in the morning. And um, that's how that's how honestly I made my money at the beginning. You know, at least my guarantee, my phone bill. You know, all my, all my stuff was paid for. Um, and then I started training. I ran I ran into actually Michael Lancaster with I'm Possible Training. Yeah. Um, I ran into him at NC State um, with actually actually was in an NBA workout with with the guy Darius Johnson Odom who played with the Lakers. And I'm a I'm a talker. I like to talk to people a lot to get to know people and. And I was like, man, you're, you're a trainer full-time is what you do. Like, I do it. You know, I dibble and dabble here there. And um, he told me a couple of things. I got his number, and I learned I learned a lot of the business, a lot of the business stuff from him. And Mike is one of the best, for sure, business-wise, um, one of the smartest guys out here, at least in my opinion, that I've seen around. Um, so I was I was blessed in a situation to, you know, from the, from the beginning to be around of the best um, business-wise to, you know, to, to make sense of it, to, to start a company, to, to actually make a couple of dollars from training. Um, yeah. So that's how it all started with me. And then I really took the leap of faith by leaving Frito-Lay. I was, I was nervous. I remember it. I, you know, people are like, man, you need to stop working at Frito-Lay. I'm like, man, that's a, that's a guaranteed check coming in. I got paid every, every Friday too. So that's a guaranteed check every Friday. You know, that, you know, training's going well. It's not going that well though. And then I just, uh, mm-hmm. I stopped. And just really had to buckle down and, you know, really, really sink or swim time, huh? Yeah. And, um, you know, it, 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 it worked out. Like you said, when you have a passion for something, you, so you gotta, you, you gotta stay positive. You have to stay positive thinking that it's going to work out. You don't know how you just know, you know, you just know you're going to, you're going to find your way up somehow. If you keep on trying, usually the guys that give up, you see the cliche, you know, they're digging, they're digging, trying to find that gold. Usually the guys that give up like, man, you need two more swings. And he had all the gold. So I just kept going. And, you know, luckily I've been, you know, going from one thing to another. Just there's been things have been going well. But I haven't been – I'm not going to stop. And, you know, I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. 
is that how you kind of recommend people who are maybe, whether it's a basketball player who can't learn a new move or, you know, someone that you're, you're talking to that's trying to start a similar business or, or a business in general, is that kind of how you would recommend that they, they keep going in, in the midst of like maybe frustration, whether it's learning a new move or, or starting something new when you don't see those results right away, it can be a pain. And, Damn. and I'm sure you handle a lot of athletes that, you know, just have that frustration how how do you deal with frustration as a person and how do you recommend how, how do you recommend people handle that just can can you it's a process now can you change that frustration to excitement how can you do it? it's it's mental you know almost like that 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 kobe brown the mama mentality can you mentally get that frustration to excitement like hey i i can't do this move yet you know i'm i'm not as good as i thought i was right now but i know when i get this move or when i get this i can close this business deal i'm going to be 1% better. I'm going to be a little bit better towards whatever I'm chasing or whatever I'm trying to do. So, and, and I, and I have, I try to, you know, I work on this every single day myself. So I try to be a guy that practices what they preach. Um, so just, just try to change it to excitement. You know, where it's, when I go work out by myself and I find myself missing more shots, you know, I'm not in the gym, at least me personally shooting as much as I used to. So I'll see myself miss more shots and I'll find myself getting mad, cursing a little bit. Like, come on, Marcus excitement man hey, you know if you start back getting 500 shots a day by yourself you're going to be a better shooter but you got to do that so it's just i'm not shooting 500 shots but you know i'm, I'm gonna shoot you know a couple shots here there jump in a couple workouts with my clients have a good time with them and i know i'm going to be a better shooter and you know whatever it may be so just turn I, it to excitement man turn that frustration into what can i control excitement exactly. for what's possible and then try to do whatever mm-hmm. the hell you can do man yeah. i'm I'm taking notes over here. This is one of those conversations I'm going to look back on. Like this is exactly what I needed to hear personally. So I appreciate you. One no, question sure. I, I love to ask looking back, assuming you changed nothing and assuming, you know, everything worked out perfectly for you and my, you know, you got your beautiful family and things are working out great. I don't want you to, this question doesn't mean you would change anything, but if you mm-hmm. look, look back on your 24 year old self, what's a, a piece of advice you would give him? 24-year-old self. Um, that's a great question. 24-year-old self. Um, just remember to, to stay consistent on whatever you want to do and be a good person. Being a good person goes far. And remember also that, um, you know, nice, nice guys, they, they end up, they might not win every battle, but they win the war. So I'm, I, I'm big on being nice to everybody. Um, you know, at times, of course, we all get mad and frustrated, at whatever, whatever it may be in life, but just, you know, just be nice, just be kind, just love, love, love from the heart, be real. Uh, I guess it's a lot, it's a lot I'm saying to my 24 year old That's self, good. but um, yeah, man, just, just, just be nice, be respectful, be a great person on and off the court. It's, it'll take you a lot, a lot further, a lot more doors will open for you than you can imagine just being a good person. That's incredible advice. You'll, you'll win. You might not win every battle, but you win the war being a, for being sure. a good guy. Good guys finish last. I like it. Marcus, where can people find you? I, I mean, I'm sure they they know who you are, but if not for the two to three people, where can they find you? Um, and where can we point people to? Yeah, man, uh, Separation Team, um, Separation Team 1 at uh, Instagram, Separation Team on Facebook. Um, I actually, Twitter got hacked about a year ago. But it's, oh, man. It's, uh, yeah, that's another story. But uh, Separation Team 1 at Twitter also. 
Um, and then, of course, I have the website, separationteam.com. So separation team, separation team one, you guys can find me on all platforms. And you got, um, you have a lot of stuff that is just so actionable and things people can apply right now. So I'd recommend people check it out. Marcus, is there anything I missed? Anything you want to leave us with before we head out of here? Um, Man, I appreciate your time, man. Um, no, thank you for everything. I've, I've definitely enjoyed this podcast. And, um, I'm glad I'm glad I took it. I'm glad you reached out to me. Cool. And uh, no, man, did a great job. I thank you very much. Thanks, man. I'm honored. Thank you again to Marcus for hopping on the podcast. And thank you guys for listening. And if you haven't already, please leave me a review and a comment on Apple iTunes app. That goes a long way, more than you know. So please do one small favor and take 10 seconds to leave me a review on the Apple iTunes app. It would mean the world to me. On the horizon is I have a mindset development course in the works, mindset development and things that I have spent years and years implementing in my own life, learning from people much smarter than me, whether through books, podcasts, interviews, talks, mentors. I'm compiling a bunch of information, scientifically backed information that improves not only my mindset, but a lot of top performers mindset. And what I'm doing with this course, um, is basically developing a small community and an exclusive little group of people that can hold each other accountable, that can work towards similar goals in terms of developing their mindset and uh, and treating their their brain like a muscle. And, and basically, I want to train like a create like an online fitness center for the brain, man. So, if this is something you're interested in, reach out to me on uh, on Instagram, and this is where we will be talking about this. and And you can find more updates on that on my Instagram. Also on the Instagram, feel free to hit me up with recommendations, questions, feedback. I'm active on there, so feel free to hit me up and say what up. Send me a screenshot of you uh, listening if you want me to repost that, and and that's a good way for me to spread awareness of the podcast. Uh, And without me talking too much, (laughs) that'll be it. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I'm excited to see where this goes. More podcasts coming, some more awesome talks coming. Thanks for joining the journey. See you next time.